You are listening to Mountain Bike Radio. Welcome to the Last Aid Station here on Mountain Bike Radio. This is Mark coming to you again with another special edition of the Last Aid Station, as promised. Now, this edition is just going to be on the Breck Epic, and we're going to report on the individual stages, how they affected the GC, where the moves were made, all that information. But the reason I wanted to do it as a separate uh, entity of itself is pretty much threefold. Uh, One... I wanted us to get out, get this information out to you in a little bit more of a timely manner. We're working on the next edition of the last aid station, getting all that information piled together. And I just realized how much information was there. I didn't want to wait another six days or so to get this information to you. Um, I wanted to get this information out. This race actually finished nearly three weeks ago. And so I wanted to get this stuff out to you guys. So you had it um, Two. Reporting on the individual stages and the GC of uh, a stage race, as I've found from previous podcasts, ties up a huge chunk of time. And so instead of mixing all the results of the Breck Epic in among all the other races we're going to be reporting on, which is likely to be the most we've ever reported in a podcast in the next podcast, decided to get this information out to you. Um, and three, I realize. Not everyone is interested in stage racing. It's kind of, it's not something that everybody does. A lot of people just like the one and done, you know, one big, big epic race. And even though many people want to know who won the individual uh, race or won the overall race, um, a lot of people aren't interested in those real fine details of attacks on individual stages, et cetera, et cetera. And I understand that point of view, uh, but I wanted to get this out to the people that really do follow mountain bike stage racing, who really are interested to see who did well. Um, it's certainly a, a very specialized part of the sport. Those that can recover quickly overnight after big hard efforts every day. Um, but I wanted to get this as a separate entity so that any of those reasons um, you had a chance to come in, listen to the Breck Epic. It's good, definitely going to be a shortened show today. I'm figuring I'm. As we record this, I'm figuring probably somewhere around 20 minutes. But anyhow, thank you for joining us. I'm looking forward to giving you a full podcast coming up in the next uh, week or so uh, of the last aid station. We're reporting on a whole bunch, a whole bunch of races. But anyhow, thank you for joining us. So on to the Breck Epic as presented by SRAM. Certainly now an iconic race on the North American mountain bike scene, organized and run by Mike McCormick and his group every year. They've seen uh, tremendous amounts of growth in both the field size as well as the support, the race promotion, the organization, and the respect uh, of the mountain bike community, making it truly, truly a world-class event. Now, this race stretched from August 10th to August 15th, six stages, mostly consisting in that sweet spot between endurance distance races 
and traditional cross-country racing. Uh, most days, the stages would have your leaders finishing in somewhere between two and a half and three and a half hours. Of course, the race takes place in and around the amazing single track and fire roads of Breckenridge, Colorado, which sits at 9,600 feet or 3,000 meters. Start-finish area are always down in the Breckenridge Village area. Gives a great central location for staging for all of your racers. You can stay right in the same area and ride to your start-finish line um, from wherever they're staying uh, in, in the community. Don't have to worry about those travel issues. Don't have to worry about organizing for travel. It's a great model that has worked really well in the North American uh, mountain bike scene and something that a lot of the other uh, stage races also do in North America, unlike uh, the European, which also usually follows a more traditional stage race of point-to-point racing. This year, stacked field of stage race veterans threw in for the Breck Epic. Tons of talent showing up for this year. That's start list, including Alex Grant, Justin Lindeen, Ben Sontag, Carl Decker, Nick Truitt, Nick Gould, Kiyosuke Takai, who is your Japanese national mountain bike champion, Marley Dixon, Kelly Boniface, Katie Carmichael, Dax Massey, Catherine Williamson, Dan Durland, Carlos Volgonat, and Yuki Akita. Stage number one, the Pennsylvania Creek stage, 35 miles, about 6,000 feet or 1,800 meters of climbing. A great starting stage with three-day stage race taking place and the top competitors looking to stamp some authority on the seven-day GC. Those not used to the altitude were likely in for a big shock as a peloton rolled out and nearly immediately hit the paved climb up Boreas Pass. In the men's race, pro roadie Taylor Sheldon of the 5-Hour Energy Kenda team took advantage of the paved climb to push the pace, with only Joan Lordella joining him, stringing out the group, creating gaps behind him only minutes into this week-long stage race. Descending down the Blue River Trail, large group was within seconds before Alex Grant moved to the front, climbing out of the valley floor at a pace no one could follow. As he went through aid station number one, he had nearly a two and a half minute gap. Behind Grant, Zontag and Takai joined forces in an attempt to reel in Grant and to keep the gap manageable. By aid number two, Grant had extended his lead to nearly five minutes and 10 kilometers up the road at the finish. Grant had clearly marked the Breck Epic as his turf early with a 644 second win over Takai and Sontag with all the others at least another seven minutes further back. On the women's side, a close race developed early between Kelly Boniface and Marley Dixon, marking each other in the opening miles before a couple flats and wheel issues dropped Dixon off the pace and behind all racers. Dixon was able to fix the issues but dropped far off the pace by the finish, Boniface moved well up the trail, unchallenged for the rest of the day. Katie Ardahl and Catherine Williamson chasing back valiantly in the second half to keep the GC gap manageable by the finish. Boniface wins in three hours, 18 minutes, with Ardahl down six minutes and Williamson down eight and a half. Dixon ended up being down a total of 31 minutes by the end of the day. Stage number two, the Colorado Trail Stage, 43 miles, 70 kilometers, and 7,200 feet of climbing. Beautiful sunny skies for the 8.30 a.m. start. Like day number one, it was Lord Della 
pushing the pace early, then being joined by Zontag and Grant, with Grant suffering a flat just short of aid station number one. His time fixing the flat put him further down the field, but just inside the top 10, with Zontag and Lordella moving up the trail and gapping a small chase group behind. As the course started to rise and entered a long climb on the Colorado Trail, Grant took advantage and moved back to the front of all those who had passed him and set off in search of our leading duo. Through aid station number two, Grant was back on the front with Zontag on his wheel and Lordella just 10 seconds back. Takai limped into aid station number two with a dislocated shoulder, ending his day and his chance at the GC overall. On the last descent backed into Breckenridge, Lordella surged past Zontag and Grant, holding on for the win in two hours, 58 minutes, 114 over Grant and nearly three minutes over Zontag. On the women's side, the women remained tight in the opening miles. Nearly all of your GC contenders within 30 seconds of each other through aid station number one, led by Kate Ordahl and your GC leader, leader Boniface. As women hit the Colorado Trail and Boniface fell off the pace and Williamson put in just the right amount of surges and technical riding to take the win in three hours, 36 minutes with Dixon just two minutes back and Ardahl another 12 seconds behind. In the GC on the men's side, after day number two, Alex Grant in first, Ben Sontag just eight minutes, 19 back, Lordella 12 minutes back, and a very stealthy Justin Lindeen 21 minutes back, having never figured in among the leaders on the two first stages, remaining there in fourth with some very consistent riding. In the GC on the women's side after stage number two, Kate Ordahl in first, Williamson just a mere eight seconds back, Boniface losing your leader's jersey, down to third, one minute back, and your Marley Dixon, who had suffered that catastrophic flats and wheel issues on stage number one, down 24 minutes after gaining seven minutes back on the day. On to stage number three, the Guillaume stage, 46 miles, 74 kilometers, a staggering 8,100 feet of climbing or 2,400 meters, huge climbing day, obviously. Climbing over Mount Guillaume, which resides directly on the Continental Divide, adjacent to the historic Georgia Pass. For sure, this was the Queen stage. Numerous big climbs, legendary sections of the Colorado Trail, with sections legendary both for their rolling flow and for their technical rock gardens and off-camber riding. In the men's race, a large group of riders were wheel-to-wheel on the single-track climbs and descents through the numerous small former mining communities and towns before hitting the infamous Little French Trail filled with softball-sized rocks and loose scree as they approached aid number one. Leading through much of it and into that first aid station was Takai, back from his ugly shoulder injury the day before. Onto the French Pass climb with gaps already appearing behind, it appeared Takai was on a mission, with first Lordella, then Zontag and Grant chasing, but not bringing back the Japanese champion. After a few short respites, the climb continued to Jonathan Davis's famous Skittle Fueled Aid Station, then the long and fast descent back to the valley floor, immediately followed by another huge climb back up to the Continental Divide and onto the Colorado Trail, where Takai was now being joined by Alex Grant. 
Through the ensuing descent, they stayed 1-2 to Kai and Grant as they hit the final stretch. Takai took the shortest route through the final turn, taking the unofficial win. Officially, Alex Grant taking the win as Takai was an unofficial finisher due to his withdrawal from the race the day before. Alex Grant takes the win in three hours, nine minutes and change. Lordella was next in seven minutes down with Zontog right behind him on his wheel for third. Lindine then rolled in for fourth and the race hierarchy was securely established. In the women's race, with riders quickly breaking into their own pace and tempo for the climbing heavy stage, gaps quickly appeared. Through the halfway point, as riders hit the Skittles aid station and onto the climb to the Continental Divide, it was Marley Dixon in first, with Kate Ardahl a few minutes back, Williamson and Boniface a further several minutes back. In the ensuing climbs and descents back into town from the Continental Divide, Dixon holds on for the win in just under four hours, with Ardahl chasing back in the late climbs to close within a minute at the line. Williamson was third, Boniface fourth, and Elizabeth Sampy in fifth. In the GC, after stage number three for the men, Alex Grant continued to widen his lead with over 15 minutes back to Ben Zontag with his eight hours, 46 minutes, 40 seconds total time to Zontag's 9 hours, 3 minutes. In third, Lordella was just 2 minutes back of Zontag and Ladine a further 16 minutes back in fourth. In the women's GC, Kate Ardahl holds on to the lead in just over 11 hours of racing. Catherine Williamson sits in second place just 8 minutes back, Kelly Boniface in third, 13 minutes back of Ardahl, and Marley Dixon in fourth, continuing to close that gap through minutes gained in those from that huge time loss that she lost on stage number one. Now she sits just 21 minutes down. Stage number four, the Aqueduct stage. Racers would compete for 44 miles, 71 kilometers, and 6,300 feet of climbing. Racers were not going to get a ton of rest as the distance was nearly identical to the previous day's Queen stage, though the climbing was expected to be approximately 20% less. Relatively placid start, perhaps due to the previous day's efforts, allowed a group at the front to contain over 10 riders, including all of your GC leaders, plus Takai, Brian Dillon, Brad Bingham, and Taylor Sheldon, with Nick Gould just behind. Into aid station number one, the group was rolling fast on a paved section of the course, but it was quickly determined that Zontog was not with them, later having learned that he had suffered a flat just prior to that paved section. Over the ensuing climb, the big group broke up through attrition, eventually only including Sheldon, Grant, Lordella, Dylan and Takai, with Zontag chasing valiantly through the later miles and closing to within 45 seconds at one point. In the final 10 kilometers, Grant and Takai struck out on their own again, chased behind by Lordella and Dylan, as Zontag began picking off those having been dropped from that lead group. At the line, it was again a Grant-Takai unofficial one-two, with Grant this time first across the line in three hours, 19 minutes, 50 seconds. Lordella officially in second, just 40 seconds back. Brian Dillon officially third, 229 back, and Zontag having chased solo all day with a heroic fourth place, four minutes down to Grant. In the women's race, the leaders also remain relatively friendly on those opening climbs with Dixon, 
and Williamson riding together, followed quickly behind by Ardell and Boniface riding together. In much like the men's race, attrition was the name of the game, perhaps due to the hours of racing that had begun to impact day-to-day recovery. Dixon and Williamson rode through much of the race together, with Dixon breaking clear just short of the finish to win in three hours, 59 minutes, less than a minute in front of Williamson. Ardahl finished just another five minutes down, and Boniface a further five minutes down for fourth. In the women's general classification after stage four of the Breck Epic, Kate Ardahl continues to lead the race with a three-minute, 57-second advantage over Katherine Williamson. Moving up into third place now, Marley Dixon, having cut that 30-minute deficit she had after stage number one down to just 15 minutes after stage number four, riding remarkably well and doing her best to cut that time back. In fourth place now, Kelly Boniface riding another three minutes further back of Dixon. In the men's general classification after stage number four, Alex Grant continues to show his superiority in the race with having ridden 12 hours, six minutes for your overall general classification first place. Sitting in second place, Joan Lordella, 20 hours, five seconds back. Ben Zontag, 20 hours, 50 seconds back in a very tight race there for second with Brian Dillon now having moved ahead of Justin Lindeen, 40 minutes back. At the Wheeler stage, stage number five of the 2014 Breck Epic, racers will be racing for 32 miles, 4,900 feet of climbing. A sense of positivity was on the start line as racers were now realizing they only had two shorter stages remaining. Overnight rains had made for a tacky course, but did leave some residual water at low points on the trail. What also didn't help riders ease into the day, however, was an eight and a half mile monster climb coming right out of the start. From the start, Carl Decker attacked, but quickly was caught after crashing on a wet wooden bridge on that first climb. This move was quickly followed by Ben Zontag moving to the front, not as an attack, but to string the field out for the upper switchbacks on the single track trail. His effort took its toll and he was quickly absorbed by those in the group behind that contained all the GC contenders. It was there that Alex Grant began pushing the pace and gapping those behind as that climb topped out on the Wheeler Trail Pass with a nearly one-minute advantage over Lordella. A long descent allowed riders plenty of recovery time and to show those who had some descending skills. Grant wins again in just over two and a half hours. Lordella bends on talk third of six minutes back. And in the women's race, it was Boniface more than happy to set a difficult pace up that huge climb from the gun. Ardell, however, kept it close, passing her near the first aid station and riding off to claim the win in three hours, 20 minutes, with Dixon in second, Boniface in third, four minutes down, and Williamson of eight minutes down to your winner, Ardell. In the general classification after stage number five of the Breck Epic, Alex Grant continues to lead without any real threats. Joan Lordella in second, 22 minutes down. Ben Zontag in third, a further four minutes down. And Brian Dillon in fourth, a distant fourth, over 45 minutes down. In the general classification for your women, 
Kate Ardahl continues to lead with Catherine Williamson in second, 12 minutes down. Marley Dixon, for the first time, not gaining some of that time lost back, and she is sitting 18 minutes down. And Kelly Boniface in fourth, 23 minutes down, with just one stage remaining. Stage number six, the Gold Dust Stage. It was going to be interesting to see if the GC leaders of Grant and Ardahl would play a defensive game or go for individual stage wins on this final stage of your 2014 Breck Epic as presented by SRAM. 28 miles, certainly the shortest stage of the race, of the whole entire stage race, 4,800 feet of climbing. The race would be uh, taking place on a loop-type course with riders completing pretty much the same course loop twice. With many of the GC spots across most categories subject to change based on the performance of the day, with the exception being those two top spots, predictions of easy riding and the leaders taking advantages of celebratory beer feeds was in doubt. A large group of nearly 15 men completed the first paved climbs together onto the flowy single track. The group continued wheel-to-wheel before hitting virtually the same climbs again before the descent into the finish. Through the aid station a second time, it was Takai going well out of his way to question a what-if he had not had that shoulder injury on day number two and how he would have figured into the official standings. Onto the descent, the large group began to break up with none chasing Takai, who crosses the line first. Officially, Carl Decker takes the win a minute or so behind Takai, with Taylor Sheldon second, Alex Grant third, all within 30 seconds of each other. Brian Dillon was fourth, a minute and a half back, with Joan Lordella right on his wheel for fifth. In the women's race, Dixon also showed a what-if by climbing strongly and holding those gaps on the descents. The what-if being, of course, from her, from stage number one, she lost over 30 minutes due to a tire and wheel issue. The what-if she didn't have that 30 minutes to work back on certainly will never be answered. Dixon wins in two hours, 32 minutes, with Catherine Williamson two minutes back, Kate Ardahl four minutes back, followed by Kelly Boniface in fourth, six minutes back. And in your final standings for the 2014 Breck Epic as powered by SRAM, on the women's side, Ridley team rider Kate Ordahl takes the win 21 hours, 5 minutes, 23 seconds over Catherine Williamson of Team Squirt Lube, a little over 10 minutes back. Marley Dixon of MTB Race News and Epic Brewing Team 14 minutes back. And Kelly Boniface of Moot Cycles Team in 4th, 25-41 back. In a distant fifth, Elizabeth Sampy, uh, independent, one hour, 25 minutes back of your winner. Again, Kate Ardahl, Ridley team, 21 hours, five minutes. And in your men's general classification final standings for the 2014 Breck Epic, Alex Grant of Team Show Air Cannondale, 16 hours, 50 minutes, taking the win, showing some dominance over Second place, Joan Lordella of Buff Pro Team, 24 minutes back. Ben Zontag of Stan Snow Tubes Elite Racing Team, 31-51 back. Brian Dillon of Griggs Orthopedics, 49 minutes back. And in fifth place, Justin Lindeen of Team Redline, 
56 minutes back, completing your men's final podium in the general classification. Well, that just about wraps up this special edition of The Last Aid Station. Again, we were just reporting on the Breck Epic. We have a full episode of The Last Aid Station coming up in the next six to seven days. We're going to be covering quite a bit of races that have occurred over the last couple or three weeks at the most. Um, Those races include the New Hampshire 100, the Shenandoah 100, the Grand Junction Off-Road, Pierre's Hole out of the NUE series, the uh, Steamboat Stinger, the Park City Point to Point, some UCI marathon racing from overseas. Again, stay tuned. That'll be coming out sometime in the middle of next week. But again, thank you for joining me and hope to see you soon on the trails. Take care. 